Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes. Today, I'm Jack Kolodzewski. I'm always Jack Kolodzewski, but especially today. And today I'm joined by Robert Anderson. And we're here to discuss a movie that's maybe, well, listen, listener, Mm. I have a confession to make. Jack's a bad friend and he doesn't follow the rules. I, I, I broke did the rules. So maybe I should explain what hot takes are because I think you might have forgotten. Uh, So hot takes (laughs) is a show that we do where we see a movie. Uh-huh. Drive back from the movie. Don't talk about the movie. Save our opinions for that sweet hot take we give to you immediately on the microphone. Uh-huh. It's like a fresh box of onions that you just open up. Yeah, and you're gonna shot peel, out of the cannon. Shot out of the cannon. You peel all the onions. You're no time to it. think about it. No Absolutely time to chew not. on it. Just what do you got? Boom. So, Jack. I Technically, technically. All right. Follow me here. Mm. I went to see the movie. Yeah. I saw the movie. I drove home. I didn't talk to you about it. You talked I to, never talked to you about it. You talked it. to your girlfriend about it. I didn't talk to you about it, though. Mm, that's not what a hot take is, still. So, Robbie, you just saw Annihilation. Mm-hmm. I just saw Annihilation, also. Just a while ago. Two weeks ago. Three okay. weeks ago? It was a while ago. So, Jack, you promised to never do this again. <laughs> I, listen, okay, I was put in a position where I had the choice of um, seeing this movie with my gr- lovely girlfriend, who yeah. was in town. Who very much wanted to see this movie. Yes. But who very much will not podcast with us. That is a problem for another day. I'm working on it. I'm I'm working on it. We'll get there. I know Uh, she listens and Eleanor, I want you on the show. We all do. Yeah. Um, Or I could not see it with her and wait to podcast with you. And then she did say she was going to break up with you. She said, no, she said she would murder me. Oh. (laughs) So it's like, it was a life, life or death situation. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So my plan was to just see it and then live, not tell you Mm. and then see it with you again and be like, wow, that movie really blew me away. The, it didn't work out that way. No. It boiled I, I down to... I can't keep a secret from you. Luckily, this is a movie we really wanted to talk about, and I wasn't going to let the sacred rules of hot takes stop us from recording that sweet, sweet audio. But you still followed the rules. You just saw this movie. I just saw this movie. So this uh, movie will be a little different of a chemistry. Yeah, um, I figured I'd let you host to kind of maybe guide the conversation because you're an expert now. And <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Uh, this movie has a lot to it. I actually really wanted to see it again, but uh, time did not permit me to do so. Mm-hmm. So I've only seen it the once a few weeks ago. You just saw it today. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of Annihilation? So... Let's set it up. Annihilation, Alex Garland, his new feature film mm-hmm. um, starring Natalie Portman, among a cast of other um, fine leading women. Yes. Uh, Oscar Isaac is in there as well. As the main leading lady. Yes. Um, Alex Garland, known, of course, for... He was, a, he was more prolif- prolifically a screenwriter mm-hmm. and then became a director with Ex Machina. Yes. But he screenwrote 28 Days Later mm-hmm. prior to that. And then also some rumors out there floating about... He kind of directed Dread. That's, 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 the, that's, that's some, the newest rumor. So. That's some, some dirty gossip that's out there. Yeah. Obviously, we can't speak to the validity of that. He was not credited for directing Dread. He was not. There, but, was, there uh, was like a myth that he kind of came in and really helmed the movie. Keith Urban, who just recently said... He's the one who said that. Like, who plays Dread. Yes, Alex, Alex mm-hmm. Garland directed that. But nevertheless, very talented 
director. I like Ex Machina very much. Ex Machina is one of my favorite movies. It is the first movie I wrote about for Story Screen. Very nice. Yes. Um, so I was very excited to see Annihilation. Same. Uh, well, maybe a little too excited in my case. Uh, uh, yeah, you really jumped the gun. I did a little bit. But uh, here we are today. The, the fever around the movie, I think, was it's very hot and cold. This is a very divisive flick from it's what I've seen. Heady sci-fi, um, which is born to be divisive. Yeah. If it's a heady sci-fi movie that everybody likes, it probably ain't heady enough. True. So what did you think? I really liked it. I felt it was more of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say more of a horror movie than the sci-fi, because I think even Ex Machina kind of delves into like horror elements as well. This movie particularly... like. It pulls for heavily from sci-fi and horror tropes. It, it feels almost like an alien movie. It does very much it feel like... It feels a lot like an alien movie. So it, it feels like a blend of a lot of very important sci-fi horror movies. Uh-huh. you got Alien in there, for sure. Which is sci-fi horror mm-hmm. hybrid as well. For me, there's also shades of um, Arrival, more recent one. Yeah, I definitely got very heavy Arrival vibes. Um, there is definitely a lot of 2001 in there, mm. A Space Odyssey. That one. The way you're looking at me, you have not seen that. I don't I mean, I didn't even know there was a year. You should one. see 2001, A Space Odyssey. Well, I saw Interstellar. Stanley, that Stanley Kubrick. No, uh, Interstellar is very much ripping <laughs> it's on. trying to Yeah, be. exactly. <laughs> so maybe you get the reference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, influence grabbing in here that I think Arrival does a good job of taking and then making it into its own thing. Uh, I keep saying Arrival. It's it's. It's very arrival like. It's yeah, but that's no. It's not the it's, movie. <laughs> forgive me. It's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, <laughs> Annihilation takes a lot of influences from other prominent sci-fi movies and Absolutely. blends them together into something that I think is. Um, it doesn't feel like it's it's ripping on those things. It just feels like it's riffing on those things and like and kind of kind of painting homage. I think this is very much like you know. I don't know if it's like structurally supposed to come across as like post, post, pasta modern, postmodern. Oh, uh, pasta modern. Pasta modern. Yes. You may have heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this postmodern um, horror sci fi hybrid. Uh, but it, it does feel that way when I was watching it. I definitely, and I guess when we get into spoilers, uh, I definitely think I wanted more of the last half hour of the movie to kind of be more in the entire movie. Uh huh. Yes. That's kind of my main criticism. That yeah. being said, it's one of those movies where you get to the end of it and you're like, oh, I kind of like the beginning chunks I wasn't jiving with as much more. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a movie that I think you have to see all the way to the end and definitely benefits from pr- probably like a rewatch, honestly. Yeah, I was actually really looking forward yeah. to a rewatch. Um, um, the first thing I did before I even left the theater is I pulled up Priscilla Page's uh, Birth Movies Death article on Annihilation. Oh, I haven't read it. I crushed that whole thing. It's very, very, I totally recommend that. Um, it put a lot of things in context for me. It's kind of sure. bring up the speed. Do you um, know the title of that article off the top of your head? Just so um, it could be easier for, I mean, if you type in Birth Movies Death, Pris- Priscilla, Priscilla Page, Page and Annihilation will come up. But. Um, but maybe I'll look it up during the break. And I cool. A little better. But it's a very, very good article and she brings up a lot of stuff that I didn't even notice kind of like at all went over my head and she kind of brings a lot of context and apparently knew a lot about what was like the first draft of the story was like as well and yes. kind of added more context to it. Uh, this film is actually, we haven't mentioned yet, based on a book 
a series of books. Mm-hmm. I think there's a trilogy actually, which I've been meaning to start reading, but I just haven't gotten a chance to yet. But um, from what I've heard from some book readers, um, it's a very different take on that story. Is it Lovecraft that wrote these? No, no. no. I forget it the name. It feels very like there, existential dread. There is some cosmic horror going on there. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie. I... I'm conflicted a little bit about mm-hmm. the movie, about some of it. I think some, somewhat because of what you mentioned before, um, maybe sort of the disparity between the three acts. Yeah. Um, how each act feels very different from each other. Like the first movie or the first act is kind of, you know, your world building, your set dressing, and then your second act very much getting to more horror thriller, sci-fi, and then the third act going more so in the trippy kind of yeah. um, surrealist uh, direction but um i think some of the problems that i had with the movie and i, I very much like the visuals a lot mm-hmm. um especially in the third act i think there's some really awesome visuals in there yeah um i liked the atmosphere the mood of yeah. the movie but some of it broke down for me and we'll get to this more so in some of the interpersonal aspects i agree um yeah i think that the movie is dealing with a lot of themes of self-destruction um depression um and working some of those into the metaphor of this shimmer to set up what the movie is actually about yeah um this mysterious um glowing area it's like it's like a bubbled in area i mean it's a growing cell that's malignant and a part of Earth malignant. now. Yes. Um, Thank you. And they, they start off, minor, minor, minor spoiler, they start off with like a breakdown of what happens to a cell when it is uh, cancerous. And, right. Um, and I don't is... know why Natalie Portman is explaining very, very simple bi- cellular biology to her group of uh, college students. But Yeah, that's fair. I mean, t- as an audience surrogate... Yes. She's, explain- I, she's not explaining, explaining it to the class. Us. She's explaining to the audience. I do, but it's, I do at the same time, it's If like, you're in, like, you know, this, like, graduate school, like, yeah. molecular biology or, like, medical biology, yeah. like, I think they know what it she's is. She's explaining the fundamental, like, the cell is the building block of the of, of yeah. all nature. And it's like, like we know. these these are, like, grad students. What are you doing here? Yeah. Um, but still, um, so how that broke down for me, I think, is it's relating the sci-fi story to um, sort of the background and the, the interpersonal dynamic that the characters in the movie have. Mm-hmm. And for me, in the first first watching, they kind of break the rule of show, don't tell. I was literally just about, you took the words out of They yeah. just sort of list off kind of the problems that the each character has rather than letting that um, come out organically and by by demonstrating what mm-hmm. the issues each of these characters are and, and how how their time within the shimmer is affecting them. Yeah. Um, and I think there's like some interesting themes going on there and I play with each other. I just wish we got to see them instead of they were told to us. Yeah. I, I think I, everything in the movie like works. It's just like, it's strange for someone who is from this like very uh, heavy screenwriter background mm-hmm. and also made a movie like Ex Machina, which is mostly talking, mostly talking, super tight. Yeah. Very tell, not showing you too much. Right. Like, you know, the ending of that movie is probably a surprise unless you're Mike Burge and you probably saw it. 
Yeah. The minute you open the DVD, you know what we're trying to say. Yes. <laughs> but um, it's strange that this movie kind of breaks so many of those conventions, which is why I think it feels so tropey and so like postmodern in that way, because it's pasta modern. It's it's pasta. It's you know it's pa- pasta modern in that way because it feels like it's doing. I'm almost like is this is it doing it on purpose? I'm not sure. I think it. It's it, hard to say. I think honestly, I don't say this for movies very often, but I think it could have been half an hour longer because it's right around two hours long. It's very anxious about its world building. Yeah, and I think that's the main issue. It's so anxious about creating this cosmic horror that's supposed to be aloof and mysterious. Mm-hmm. And it spends a lot, like most of Natalie Portman's lines, I feel like are exposition. Um, yeah, I, I'm also, here's the thing. When a movie is really, really great, we just say it's really, really great. And yeah. then when a movie really sucks, we kind of say it's, you know, we have reasons why we, we think yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. But for a movie like this, which is super up my alley, mm-hmm. like a, a, the surrealist kind of horror sci-fi is yeah. totally my jam. Uh, when it's like very good, but maybe like ten percent shy of being great, like it, it's uh, it definitely like there's I'm much more critical of something like that. Absolutely, and I think that you know because this movie has been so uh, in our community as like um i i don't like to call ourselves critics because that's not necessarily what we do what we do but we're like in conversational this, critics conversational critics we're in the sphere of critical film thinking sure um i think this movie is very divisive i think mm-hmm. that uh some people either really love it and some people think it's like one of the worst things they've seen and that's that's totally not me i'm no, like the I'm total very... opposite i would say like to really simplify it boil it down if i was to like give this movie a grade, it would be a B plus. I think it's very. Sure. I think it's good. I really enjoyed it, but like there is just that little bit that they could have pushed it further. I think that would have really like pushed it into greatness yeah. rather than just very good. I think especially. I think I left this movie not feeling disappointed. I left the movie feeling very like overwhelmed at, at what mm-hmm. I just watched. Um, I had to like make sure I was real by the end of it. Uh, sure, but check your pulse on that. Yeah, one. I was just like, what the fuck's going on in my life? But. I think for me, I, I left a little disappointed because I love Ex Machina so much. And mm-hmm. I think Ex Machina as a genre piece, as something that's turning, uh, subverting the idea of artificial intelligence, making it something scary, making it something human, right. um, is done so eloquently and brilliantly that the idea of, you know, this kind of cosmic horror, this biology of the earth narrative mm-hmm. um is something i would think that alex garland is totally capable of telling yeah. and i think that it's the writing that falls flat for me i think it's kind of the surrounding areas of the movie that really excel yeah in my opinion and that's why i kind of left disappointed because as someone who's an aspiring screenwriter you know i, I really latch on to like tight storytelling mm-hmm. dialogue again the big rule should don't tell mm-hmm. um and i think that the dialogue here uh does not live up to his standard yeah it doesn't live up to how good the rest of the the world building Mm -hmm. and the visuals and the soundtrack is around that i think the dialogue is a little bit of the weak one of the weaker aspects of this movie yeah um which is a bummer and that's when i get into like you know it's when you think about like is that artistic intent is that what he's trying to do is he trying to make like this weird like 
It's aliens, but cosmic. It, I guess. Like, it, but I don't know. It, without knowing that answer, I don't want to necessarily be like, "Oh, that's why it's supposed to be like this." Right. It didn't land for you because you didn't get it. I, you know? I guess. Um, I don't want to say that. Yeah, but I. It's just so close to being there. Like, I think Ex Machina is great. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic, great movie, and I think Arrival of like falls just short of that greatness that Ex Machina has. Um, you mean Annihilation? Oh my god, dude! Why do I keep doing that? That's like the third time dude, I've done that today. Today during this episode, it's been too long since I've seen it. I've just forgotten. Arrival's it. so good. Arrival's very good, but yeah. we're talking about Annihilation. Annihilation. I mean to say Annihilation. Annihilation, um, Annihilation, 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 Annihilation. It's hard to say fast. Yes. Um, but it is cool. I think it's very cool. I think it's worth seeing for sure. Yes. Um, and I think it's a shame that Paramount seems so committed to burying this movie, um, both here in the states and internationally. And maybe yeah. it'll do better internationally because I don't. If you heard this, it's is it going to Netflix immediately? Or? In the U.S. and in China, I want to say they are releasing it in theaters, but in pretty much every other territory, it is going straight to netflix i mean that might give that movie another like leg of life that it, sure. that it would have not have gotten if it were just in theaters sure i think it's a little late to say now also but yeah. it is worth seeing in theaters i think i think yeah oh yeah the yeah. the again the visuals and the sound design and the music mm-hmm. are out of this world like if they if this is one of those movies it's like yo if they make a vinyl of that soundtrack i'm fucking buying it yeah, like it probably would look cool it's very cool yeah um so uh, do you have any more non-spoilery thoughts before we get to it not really i just you know like i said i think people should see this movie i will say it may not be for you but i do it's encourage worth a try people, it's think. worth a try and i encourage people to like you know when you see these movies that seem like very heady and very weird, don't necessarily write them off immediately. Just maybe read a think piece about them online. Maybe try and engage with conversations with a lot of people and see what the perspective's like. You the know? thing is, I don't think that this movie at its core is that impenetrable. I don't think it's that out there, that spacey. It's it's certainly has some of those elements to it. And there is a definitely a, a, an element of mystery to it. But the bulk of the film is more so structured in that sort of horror thriller kind of context. Like you yeah. don't know what's going on. It is a mystery what's going on. And as the characters are exploring the the shimmer um, and getting deeper, they're learning more about what's going on. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that it's, you know, there is some things that are left up to interpretation in it. But I wouldn't say it's like, it's not impenetrable. You know, it is no. not, it's not so wildly out there it's not like mother where leave. it's like so resistant to understanding that like yeah well mother i think just bombards you with it in a yeah. way that makes it hard to process because it's just painful uh, it's assaulting you yeah <laughs> um whereas this is definitely more gentle but at times can be actually very scary yeah um but i wouldn't i wouldn't shy away from it just because of it's oh it's so like you know heady or, or out there no yeah i think it's i think it's i think it's worth checking out i do think i almost think it you should see the movie in theaters i think when it comes to streaming services i, I hope more people will just engage with it yeah and i just mean check it, just check it out you know when it comes to netflix uh eventually it'll be better than any of the other um full netflix movies that have come out in the recent couple months oh yeah well you know 
my number one movie of 2018 is uh, The Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah. So I hope yeah. you're not talking about that. It's a better sci-fi movie than The Cloverfield <laughs> Paradox by a wide margin. Uh, yeah. Cool. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. On the other side of that break, uh, we will get into spoilers and we'll, we'll talk about some detailed thoughts about this movie. I'm going to tell you who dies. At, at least what I can remember. <laughs> you fucking monster. We'll be right back. Hello. Welcome to another episode of It's Fits, where Story Screen's film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons, speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 2014 Alex Garland film, Ex Machina. Oh, Ex Machina. Saw that once at home. And, um... Really interesting movie. Very, um... The whole concept was really awesome. The dude who was rich, who thought he was so smart, really annoyed me. And so did the other dude. The little white pale guy. Little whiner. Um, but yeah, the movie, the idea is cool. The movie was really awesome too. I don't know, maybe I'm bad with endings. Like I just, maybe just rushed it a little bit or like, I don't know what I was hoping for. But yeah. Very good movie. Or like, I don't, my ratings don't really count, but very interesting kind of movie you would want to check out. If you haven't, you could probably watch it on Amazon. I don't know. This has been another episode of It's Fits. chat on Annihilation. Arrival? Arrival. Not Arrival. I would like to talk in depth about Arrival at we, some point. Yeah, we, we saw Arrival we right before we started doing podcasts. We did. That came out right before we yeah. did podcasts. Yeah, we so liked it. We did like it. I, obviously, I want to keep bringing it up. <laughs> I just want to keep talking um, about it. But today, we're going to talk about Annihilation mm. some more, and we're going to jump into some spoilers. So, last chance, if you haven't seen the movie, Robbie, go ahead, do your thing that you love to do. Everybody dies except for Natalie Portman. Oscar Isaac dies kind of twice. <laughs> I guess just once. Just he comes back though. Mm. They copy him. So okay. before before we jump in though, I want to say the Priscilla Page article on birth movies death is called the transformative dream of annihilation. And that's really a good way to describe the sort of experience that you're having here. It is it is dreamlike because yes. the main crux of this movie is. Natalie Portman and a team of other scientists go into this thing that they call the Shimmer that shows up after a meteorite strikes a lighthouse and then this bloom of prismatic light bubble kind of grows out of it and takes over um, the territory surrounding the lighthouse and is growing gradually. Um, And... Natalie Portman is brought in by Jennifer Jason Lee after um, her husband, who is uh, in the military, a specialist in the military, mm-hmm. does some secret missions, um, wound up in the Shimmer, um, disappeared, and then wound up back in Natalie Portman's home. Yep. And then Jennifer Jason Lee shows up and says, yo, you got to check this shit out. Um, and then from there, it kind of becomes a mission of 
of getting um, to the lighthouse right going into the shimmer Mm -hmm. which we're told as the audience um no one really comes back from once you go in it's like the bermuda triangle pretty much um and it's cool i think it's cool the way it sets up that that sci-fi mystery what did you think of like the glimmer itself like you know the visuals in the film are so incredible and i do think like the the glimmering shield that they walk into like the kind of wall they walk into looks super cool yep but i think that the way that it's always kind of in the shimmer Mm -hmm. like when they're in there it's not as prominent as it is like when there's the wall that they walk into but Mm -hmm. like that what you described earlier very well that prismatic color that's kind of like a little bit everywhere Mm -hmm. um i think like looks really cool i love that the movie kind of feels like it reminded me a lot of like the first predator movie Kind of, yeah, you know? yeah. It is, it and, is a crew of people like going into the jungle, right? And they they eventually get picked off by what's in the jungle, not by the predator. Spoilers: This is not a sequel to the predator. No, it is not a, <laughs> a secret surprise sequel to the predator. Yes, it is the sequel to Venom, which has not come out yet. But it is cool that it is a squad of of female leads yeah. um, going in. I think the logic is they sent in military men to figure this out. They didn't come out alive. It didn't work out. So they're like, well, if we send in like scientists. Right. You know, and they all happen to be strong female leads. Right. It's not that it's just we're sending in women. It's, yeah. It's they're all they're... scientists who all have specialization. Actually, I think um, Gina Rodriguez's character is a... EMT, she said? Uh, either she used to be EMT for many years, or she, yeah, still is. Did she specify, but she didn't specify whether she was military also, did she? I don't, I don't think so, because so. they made it seem like Natalie Portman was the only one who knew how to use a right. gun. Right, so Natalie yeah. Portman was also ex-military. She met yeah. her husband, Oscar Isaac, through the military. Right. Um, and once they get to the glimmer and they sort of meet up, you get a little bit of background into Natalie Portman and how um, she has been away from Oscar Isaac for a year, I think she said. He's been yeah, missing. He's, he's been away for a year. Uh-huh. Um, With no contact to her whatsoever. Yeah. She tried to figure it out during that time. Did she have the affair before or during his time away? Because when I read the article... You know? It, they said before, and they used that as an example, that she's also traveling through guilt. Right. And that's kind of like one of the layers to the movie. Yeah, I think the idea is that she had been having this affair for a while. And, and then, she then had to stop it. the guilt that she felt was her... The reason that she went into the shimmer is because of she the guilt guilty. that she felt for pushing her... Pushing Oscar Isaac away. So that's like why he took the mission is perhaps because of... Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And I, yeah. I, I think that's one of the more interesting aspects of the film is giving each of these people a reason to go into the into the shimmer mm-hmm. um with the expectation that they probably will not come back yeah it's the idea of suicide mission in quotes right yeah and they extend that out to you know suicide mission not necessarily for the reason of glory or pride mm-hmm. but suicide mission for the reason of self-destructiveness and yeah um and depression and guilt and anxiety and all and all those things and that's kind of where i was getting at where the writing of each of these individual characters does not quite live up to or does not quite deliver on some of the themes that they're setting up for me 
Because I think those themes are inherently very interesting. I think they are very interesting. I think having a crew of like women who are broken, damaged, yeah. damaged, mm-hmm. damaged goods, um, which is a phrase used in the movie, is great. A, a squad full of damaged goods is awesome. Right. But there's one scene where they're all in the canoe the boat scene, and they just they just tell you everything. She just lists yeah. off all of their problems, and that's I think that that scene explicitly that's the one i've been bringing up to people when i talk to people about this movie that's the one that i was ready to bring up here and i'm glad you brought it up first because that is the scene that is like the one moment the one scene that i can point at and be like this pretty much sums up the problems that i have with this movie right is because the the issues that each of these women are dealing with and the reasons that brought them to the the shimmer are just listed off one by one which is like screenwriting 101 it's just like don't do that it's, do it's not storytelling just tell the audience and it's crazy when like i think that there's just i could even even right now i can think of a better way where you could have done that when you have them get killed off and, and maybe um uh the woman who has cancer in the movie what's her do you know her name i don't know her her character's name but her, her the actress is jennifer mm-hmm. jason lee so i think that like she kind of i think dies in a way that's emblematic of her damage right everyone else just kind of gets picked off except for um the girl with the glasses she kind of like tessa thompson she like heals herself with like the flowers and yes. then kind of becomes part of Right. Which is cool. But then, like, the other two, they just kind of get killed. And I'm just like, well, I don't know why... Unless I'm, like, unless I'm fucking missing something. But it's like, I feel like you should... If we're going to kill these characters off, like, maybe do it in a way that accentuates part of their character, you know? They're also playing with the idea of how trauma and how a self-destructive nature can change you gradually. Yeah. It's, It's all tying into the way... The shimmer is changing the environment and warping the environment and changing the genetics of everything that is going that that exists inside of it, and ties that idea back into the idea of cancer that mm-hmm. Natalie Portman, Portman introduces in her class, which is why I understand it's important to have that scene where you're explaining yes. cellular biology <clears throat> on a very simple level and explaining the, the way that the, that cancer works because mm-hmm. that is a main point of the the film and how. The shimmer is doing the same thing, and it's a mutation. In the same yeah. way, the troubles that each of these women are dealing with mm-hmm. is changing them in that same way and breaking yeah. them down. And they were already damaged by the time they got to the shimmer, and that's what brought them there. Yeah, but and we have cool notes of like the idea of like a human in this environment like is being refracted, right? Completely, like it's not even just biology but like their mind and perhaps their spirit or their emotions can exactly. be refracted and grown and sewn into the world like all that stuff is cool and that that does manifest in some cool ways because with the bear is they, a really cool one right so they yeah. they sort of break that trope a little bit where you have a group of people in a high pressure situation mm-hmm. um a a lethal high pressure situation or life-threatening at least yeah um that you see time and time again in like, especially space movies where you have someone that kind of loses their grip, mm-hmm. right. And becomes dangerous to the rest of the team. And that's yeah. what, um, Gina Rodriguez's character does. And in that scene where she captures the other, the other three women and says, you know, 
we're all breaking down in here. I'm sorting. I can feel myself losing mm-hmm. touch of reality. And this is exactly what we expected would happen from the previous missions that yeah. went in here. Because like immediately, the first thing they do is just like like Natalie Portman wakes up. It's like the scene right after they go into the shimmer. Right, and they're like they lose time. They're like, "How long do you think that she's been here?" And she's like, "I have no idea." And they're like, right. "Yep." Yeah. That's already weird. Right. And it's like we said, it's refracted. It's mm-hmm. it's broken. Time is not time doesn't really make sense. No. Um they talk earlier in the movie about, you know, how long she, Natalie Portman thought she was in there for what she remembers eating or not, and mm-hmm. she doesn't and it's it's it it's nonlinear and broken in that way, which adds to sort of the dreamlike surrealness yeah. of it. But it's interesting to me how Gina Rodriguez's character talks specifically about like I'm cognizant of the way that this is affecting my mind, but at the same time, like, can I really trust you guys? Like, am I just losing it? And am I doing this because I'm losing it and my mind's breaking down? Or actually, can I not trust you? And I think that's, that's an interesting way to write that sort of trope differently. I think once they're in, once that scene's happening where they're all tied up in the chairs, Mm -hmm. for me, that's when the movie really starts like fucking firing on all cylinders. Absolutely. That's when I'm like, I am totally back into this i agree and 100%. that's all like i just want to i just wish that was the entire movie yeah from you there know? on i think the movie is a lot stronger and yeah. i think that scene with the bear is it's incredible very very tense and creepy. oh yeah and I the was, design I was of the like bear is fantastic my, my face yeah the design of the bear is fantastic yeah. the idea that it's like it's screaming the, the the horror of its last kill refracted onto itself and yes. it uses that almost like in an evolutionary way it uses that to like catch bait and to like right. bait the other survivors well it, it tears out her, her vocal cords oh okay and then it can scream like she does mm-hmm. which seeing or hearing like a human scream come out of that yeah. horror is really tense and then yeah. when he he kills um you said her name before uh Gina Rodriguez. Yeah, that was gruesome. Like takes yeah. part of her jaw. I was yeah. just like, oh my god. Very gruesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some really like terrifying body horror. Oh, absolutely. Shit going on in this movie. Yeah, which I is mean, which is cool as hell. The prior scene where they see Oscar Isaac and his um, squad losing it, and they see yeah. the effects that the the shimmer had on them, where they're cutting open the guy and, and his organs and are like, his insides moving, moving and and. Uh, then later you they come across his body and you see how it's just become the very last of us and that's yeah yeah it's like, like quarterstaps kind of fungal, or like mm-hmm. growing out of him uh, I think that's super cool as well and, and a lot of those moments visually are really cool yeah um, yeah there's yeah. a lot of very cool stuff there's a lot movie. of stuff I like about the movie and it's only kind of decompressing and talking about it that I I bring up the gripes and like you know I never like to play armchair director so I'm not saying. Maybe you should focus more on this. Maybe you should focus more on that. Yeah. I'm saying what I, as an audience member, would have liked is a little bit more ambiguity, which I think is weird for a movie about cosmic horror. It should not be there. I think there is some. Obviously, I don't know if ambiguity is the right way or the way that I would put it because mm-hmm. it it's not. What did you leave the movie wanting more of specifically? So the let, let's start with the relationship that. Uh, Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac's characters have yes. with each other. Sure. Because a big driver of Natalie Portman going into the glimmer... Oh, I keep wanting to say glimmer. Shimmer. Um, Shimmer is a weird Glimmer word. is something else. They, they're, it's from, from a game or something. Oh, they call it the glimmer? Well, isn't, um, isn't no. that what the money in Destiny is? 
maybe. Is it yeah, I think that is correct. I think it is. Anyway. We're also nerds. Yeah. you haven't figured yes. it out. Um, <laughs> uh, they build this relationship as something that was kind of on the ropes from the beginning. And... Mm-hmm. But they also use the relationship as a driver for Natalie Portman to go into the suicide mission in the first place and the guilt that she has. But something about the way that they portrayed that relationship to me, and maybe it's just, maybe it's somewhere in the writing, maybe it's in Natalie Portman's performance, or the kind of muted nature of it, but it just doesn't... You don't have enough time with it. And that's that's it. I, I would have really loved to dwell on some of that stuff a little more or maybe it's the pacing or the editing of how you're getting that stuff i agree but it feels very front-loaded with some exposition about her relationship with her husband and with him showing up without for me without that emotional connection being made first Mm -hmm. um and it feels a little it feels a little emotionless to me can you imagine the impact of seeing him Coming to the house all fucking weird and fucked up. Mm -hmm. How much crazier, or not even crazier, just how much more impactful that scene would have been if we just had like five more minutes with them as a couple. Or even maybe if that scene, if it started with her getting to the the shimmer and going in and that, all that stuff prior to her getting there been done in Mm -hmm. flashback. Now we really are playing armchair director. But something about it emotionally just didn't connect with me. Mm -hmm. And I think if that maybe it's just me i mean i've said prior that the shape of water didn't land with me emotionally either way so either so maybe i'm just mo- broken could be a monster maybe i'm a, maybe i'm a monster but no i listen your criticism of shape of water i don't always agree with but in this scenario we're having more kind of contextualized romance between these two characters right i think is is totally necessary it just doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't land, land for, for me. me yeah absolutely yeah. um yeah, and I also I think another really weird choice that I I wasn't really sure why I was there in the movie was to have her talk to because the movie takes place in like she's talking to she's being interviewed yes. the entire movie yes and I just don't know why yeah that's a part of the movie why not just have the movie happen in. In well, like I guess I guess they're like, seeding a sense of mystery there with the interviewer being like, "How long were you there? What's going, what's on? going on?" And and but her kind of just, just being, "I don't know." But couldn't you just put that just at the end of the movie mm. instead of stringing it in there? No, like, I think I it's know. important to have it there in the beginning to show that she survived a, and also to to seed the mystery of what happened there. Like you know, before all this stuff plays out, yeah. that that it went bad and it went weird because you mentioned that like half the characters you're about to meet died yes that they get picked off Mm -hmm. um that she's the only one that made it out right uh and she has the tattoo from one of the yes yeah and i like that i i really like the um warping that goes on within the shimmer i like i like the monsters i like the way that it affected them i like the giant crocodile i like or alligator i guess um at that like, point, who really knows what it is? Yeah, I yeah. like maybe both. Maybe yeah. they work together. Um, I think in in Florida it would be gators because I'm pretty sure doesn't it take They're place on the in coast, the, right? the Florida swamps. I guess I guess its origin could have very well be gators. Now anyway, it's some weird like albino um, flower gator. Anyway, I like. 
the way Tessa Thompson's character changes, where she sort of they see the I like the design of like the plants that are taking human. That's sort uh, of like yeah, yeah. The design again, the design and visual aspects of the movie are like ten, 10 out of ten, like right. really incredible stuff. But you know, if we're talking about this idea of like refracting and you're taking on parts of like your unit in ways like that, like. You know, maybe like they all should have like all of a sudden like gotten like cancer in a You're way. Or, like, directing again. I know you're right, uh, but I I, just, I I wish they they kind of warped against each other in more ways. Sure, I, and I, that and there was more infighting instead of kind of like one big climactic infight. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I just wish it landed with me emotionally more because to contrast that, I think everything that goes on between the three characters in Ex Machina, and maybe it was easier because there was less characters to work with here. I do think there's a little bit of fumbling with how many people are in the movie. Yeah. Because um, I think that, I feel like the movie is trying to give everyone their kind of like just screen time mm-hmm. and like the proper amount of time that they deserve, which mm-hmm. like, I, I see that logic there, but I almost... Uh, the balance isn't quite right. The balance me. is not quite right. I think yeah. like almost all the pieces, all the ingredients in the movie are good, but it's just like, you know, maybe there's a little too much salt, maybe a little too much paprika. Which is know. why I think we are being so critical of it is because it's it to so be. close. Oh my God. It really is. It like, really is so close. It's, I think a movie like this is really hard to make. It deals with a lot of like yeah. ambiguity that like I asked for more ambiguity. There's a ton of ambiguity already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's dealing with like it, there's not like a complete barrier to entry but it is some pretty heady sci-fi it's not like it's it's more than the standard fare it's not yeah. as it's not a zombie it's not a space it's not yeah. necessarily alien which they kind of lump it into by the end mm-hmm. it's it's totally different it has to do with like it's it's biological you know mm-hmm. it's about it's about like what if like every core of existence was mutated like Mm -hmm. i I think that's you know it's hard for it's hard for us to even right now like say what is the movie exactly about you know and i think that's a hard movie to make yeah i i I think it's about um whoa i think it is about change yeah change for the better change for the worse change for the sake of change um at its core but it just it's so close it, it just is, didn't it quite connect so close. all the way for me mm-hmm. um but that said i i really do like it and i especially like the third act everything from like you said the kind of the bear scene on the bear scene on and especially when they're in the lighthouse mm-hmm. it's just super really cool. really cool stuff yeah it's very cool and i like so you won't have this uh, cultural reference, but mm. the end of this movie is very 2001 Space Odyssey in the way it goes much more full surreal colors. The yeah. music in that scene when she comes face to face with the origin the, the of the Shimmer. Crazy womp womps. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is so cool and so visually evocative. It yeah. is It is awesome that was by far my favorite part of the movie absolutely and like i said i just wish there was kind of more of yeah that. maybe and a little like, bit more that's just sprinkled absolutely in. and like you know like her fight with her refraction like all that stuff is so cool yeah and like and it's not even really a fight that happens it's, it's just more it's just like it's her it's like 
It's like a Chinese finger trap. Like right. Trying to fight well, it it's it's the reflection of her own guilt. Yeah. Like embodied, it is that 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 thematic element coming to fruition of the reason mm-hmm. that she's there, the reason that she is taking on this self-destructive nature is yeah. because she is she she has this guilt that she's dealing with, and then the origin of the shimmer that the alien entity itself manifests as a representation of her, and is at times literally smothering her. Yeah. Like is you know she's it's not even. She's resisting it and she's fighting it, and it's mm-hmm. because she's resisting it that it is crushing her. Crushing her, yeah. Um, rather than coming to terms with it or dealing with it, and and it's like manifested in that way. And I, that I think is super cool. I think yeah. that's one of the the ways that the themes of the movie do land and mm-hmm. do work out really well. Um, what do you make of uh, the surviving other Oscar Isaac? Well, I, I wasn't see sure that, how to interpret that. I as see well. that as so. Oscar Isaac's character that makes it out and is visiting her in the beginning of the movie right. is part of this manifestation, like copying Oscar Isaac's actual entity because we see him blow up with a white phosphorus grenade, right. which is also very cool. There's very one. cool, yes. Um, seeing like the the uh, charred wall kind of going up within the lighthouse, and then seeing like that the hollowed out husk. And then like the the video footage of it happening where you hear him being like, Go find um Natalie Portman's character and or Lena. Lena you then you hear him in the background go, Okay, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. Um but I take that as sort of the the last line of the the movie, um where uh, what's his name? Uh the the actor. I'm gonna look it up really quick. Um the one that's interviewing Natalie. Portman. Oh, I don't know his name, but um, yeah. Benedict Wong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, Benedict Wong. He says something akin to um, "It's destructive," or mm-hmm. "It's what does he say?" Do you remember the line? And Is she she disagrees. She, no, she disagrees with him. She says, "I don't think it was." Oh, he says like it was trying. To, it was killing everything. Oh yeah, she's like it's, that's not what it was trying to do. It wasn't. Like, it wasn't, and she says that she's not even sure what it wanted or if it wanted. It, wanted it just was there, existing and yeah. and adjusting to the landscape in the only way that it could, mm-hmm. um, and that it wasn't killing everything, and that it was just changing things. Yeah. So clearly, she's at the end, to make something new. Yeah. Basically, yeah. at the end of the film, she sees she she goes to embrace this copy of oh, Oscar Isaac right. and you can see the change in her eye as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that is her coming to terms with, with change. Yeah. Um, and obviously like she spent so much time in there that it has warped her. As I mean, well. she has the glowing eyes. Exactly. Like does at the end. So I still think that is different. That is actually her that made it out. It's uh, I'm pretty sure not- it's like, I was reading something. It's, it was like confirmed that it's, it's the real her that made it out, but it's the well, idea they're, they're, that they both have, Changed. Changed. Yes. They're they're pretty careful to show that she she is yeah. the one that puts the grenade in the Yeah, they don't the want you. It's not so much the the spinning who, die. Exactly. It's yeah. not the spinning top. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I think it is, you know, she is mm. is coming to terms with this change. Um It's a little bit of Cain and Abel there, because Oscar Isaac's character is named Cain and he's like a like a brother copy of Right. Yeah. I just gotta figure that out now. Yep. 
That's um, a little thing there. I'm sure there's a lot of like even more elements of the movie. Definitely. That, like that's that's the cool thing about it. Like that's the reason why, as much as I think Mother Mother is a oppressingly painful movie, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot to unpack and a lot to learn from it. I've seen that mo- fucking movie three times. You're now. just a fucking insane person. It's not, but. <laughs> Annihilation, I think, is another movie where there's like more and more to like dig into it. I do really like. I think it's starting off as like a tropey squad. Mm-hmm. Let's go into the unknown horror aliens esque movie is cool. I just think it spends a little too much time there. Yeah, maybe. You know, I kind of want like the really weird, crazy shit that pops off starting with the bear scene just to happen like a little bit earlier. Yeah, it it, you know? it does subvert those things well. I think it doesn't yeah. it doesn't fall too hard into the traps of of those sci fi tropes. Absolutely, but they're there. It's using it. It's like I keep saying. It's just it's so close. It's almost yeah. there to being really great. Um, mm-hmm. And I I still enjoyed it very much. I still like it. I am still looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah. Um, but it just so I could see I could see myself, you know, these are hot takes. Mm-hmm. Jack's a little lukewarm. I've these, I've had more time to think about you, it. Yeah. This is I, a good movie to have more time to think about yeah, in the process. That's totally fair. I could definitely see myself like if in a week or even longer I see the movie again, I I could like it a lot more. And maybe some of those things that I thought were a little weird at first were actually like artistic intent or just don't bother me as much, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. I feel like we're very much on the same page about yeah, this. Yeah, I think so. I think we both really liked the movie. We just kind of wanted that extra little bit to put it in that. And it's, it's only things that I like that I'm willing to like put the mind mind uh, share into like thinking about yeah. where it didn't work for me. If someone saw this movie and they're just like, that was complete garbage, it didn't make any sense, I just would not like that person. Right. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just <laughs> if I didn't like this movie as much as I did, I wouldn't be spending as much time thinking about like the ways that it falters. Fair. If that makes sense. No, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. I like yeah. it. I would recommend it to to anyone interested in sci-fi. Oh, anyone yeah. interested in horror anyone interested in like blends of of the two. Oh, those two things yeah yeah hopefully um we'll see if this is if alex garland's like is this director directorial debut ex machina i believe so so if he's kind of doing like he this, wrote and directed that one and he wrote and directed this so he's well. doing like the sci-fi he's doing ai now we're doing kind of like biological extraterrestrial mm-hmm. stuff i wonder where he'll where he'll go next I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's done a zombie. He has done a zombie. He's done a zombie. Yeah. So he's and he did a very things. cool take on zombie. Oh, yeah. 28 Days Later is probably one of the best. One of the best zombie, zombie movies, movies ever. For sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I want him to see... I want to see him do more. Yeah. I don't think this... This is not the last we're hearing um, from him. It is a shame that this movie did not do well at all in the theaters. But no, I, no. I really think... It's a shame that Paramount yeah, got, didn't put it, more confidence in this. It also got marketed like totally weird. Like, Well, this is a hard movie to market. It is a hard movie to market. It's a sci-fi mystery horror thriller. I think it could have leaned more into the horror elements and less to the sci-fi. Or even in the marketing, at least. Lean more into the strong women cast. Also true. That's really the, the forefront of the movie. Like, I think yeah. people are hungry for that kind of thing. They want more yeah. diverse representation in movies. And I think this is a a, a a novel thing that it is very it's much... It's not like it's something that's like a reboot or like... It's not being like we're doing Ghostbusters for yeah. all ladies, which I think is great. But I but it's not like one of those 
it's just like this is a ground up designed to be this thing you yeah know? yeah definitely it's not, it's not a swap right right it's not a reboot it's a fresh well i guess it is a adaptation of a it's book an adaptation for sure but yeah. it is fresh mm-hmm. for the cinema in that way yes but i don't know i i'm hoping that it it does um gain a lot of buzz and some new legs when it does come out on netflix yeah. i'm not sure when it's dropping on netflix internationally but yeah hopefully like some people will get to see it and see it again yeah yeah maybe i don't know what happens when movies do really really well on netflix what that does for them i think anyone really knows how netflix like even gauges what really really well <laughs> i'm not means, sure it's like i'm not sure maybe Netflix will just go to Alex Garland for the next one and let him give him money to do a, a movie directly. And he won't have to go through Paramount, who seems very ready to just dump things on Netflix anyway. Yeah, fair. So, any more closing thoughts on Annihilation? No, Robbie? like I said, I, I liked it. I definitely wanted um, it to go that little extra 10%, but I also think that maybe when I see it again, it might feel a little different. You, we're only worried about the 10% because it's got that 90% to begin with. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I Ex Machina is like one of my favorite movies. So yeah. there's already a hard, hard act to follow. I know, yeah. I know. And I think it does it admirably, um, if not flawed. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right, well, we will be back in the future with more hot takes. Uh, I promise to, to wait next time and not see them without you. Yeah, come on. Don't fuck me. Don't fuck me. I've only done it once before. <laughs> I won't do it again. Thank you. I was in a high-pressure situation myself. I understand. You know, sometimes things don't work out perfectly the way you want them to. Yeah. But that's the point. That's the point. Cool. All right, well, we will be back in the near future. With Stay more. tuned. Bye. Bye. time to sit on it i have so i almost feel like you should guide the conversation okay does that make sense yeah that's fine yeah yeah okay also you're a bad friend i know just want to get that i'm gonna say it again when we this this will be partially confessional don't Mm -hmm. worry okay good. we'll work it out on air (laughs) live on air hot apologies hot apologies